Hello. <clears throat> you stopped taking pictures. I was all ready. I was going to encourage people to look like they were receiving tongues of fire, but oh well, there we go. Um, as, as Johnny said, we're finishing up on generous giving. Uh, I'm going to take you through the reading 1 Timothy 6, 2b through 19. It's a bit of a long reading. Um, sometimes, though, it's good to hear stuff in context. But after that, I will be going back and pulling individual verses out. So do your best to listen as this goes past. These are the things that you are to teach and insist on. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of people. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you have been called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. Amen. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to be good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Recently, I had a brother and sister-in-law come across from the US to visit. And uh, as you do when you have people visit from other places, you take them out to the various interesting tourist spots roundabout. And even though some of them I've been to before, I can never always remember the right way. So I did what probably you would do in that situation, which is you rely on your phone as a GPS and you talk to your phone and you say, get directions to Blenheim Palace. 
and it takes you to Blenheim Palace, and they realize the house I live in is a dump. And I say, get directions to Victoria Arms Oxford, and you go there, and after a few drinks, you don't care if the house is a dump. And then you say, get directions home, and you let someone else drive, because you've had the drinks. But doing that made me be thinking about what's on your life's GPS. It's one thing for me to put the destination in of go, let's go to Blenheim Palace, but that was for a day. What is the destination you're traveling down with your lifetime? There's got a lot of doors in this church, and so I'm going to use them as kind of little illustrations as to kind of like when this service finishes, you're going to walk out a door. What's the direction you're going for? Are you walking out the door that's going to take you toward being rich? Are you walking out the door that what you're going for is you want to be fit are you walking out the door which is going you want to be beautiful if of course you haven't already arrived are you wanting to go out the door where you want to be respected when I was young when I finished university I was a graphic designer got my first few jobs in the business and I so wanted to be respected by the other designers that was everything that drove me at that stage um, so if you did a logo, you didn't really care if the client liked it, as long as they paid. What you cared about was the other graphic designer said, wow, I wish I'd done that logo. Or you tried to win the right awards and get into the right shows. Ask Valerie, she will tell you that was a big thing that drove me at that stage. Some of you, maybe you want to go out the door that is heading you toward having a perfect family. Good luck. Um, or... Maybe you're actually taking a different path, which is you want to be godly. But being godly is just one path out of a lot of choices that are in front of us. And the desired destination we pick drives a lot of the choices about how we invest our time, how we invest our money, how we invest our efforts. So coming back to me as a young designer, at that stage, I worked the hardest I have ever worked in my life. I was trying to, like I say, get recognized. I would never work less than 60 hours a week. Some weeks I worked 80. I got a gym membership at a gym very close to where I worked so that I wouldn't have to go home. I could work all day long. I could work all night long. I could go to the gym. I could change clothes, take a shower. Well, take a shower and then change clothes, whichever. I probably took clothes off before the shower and put different clothes on afterwards. My mom did train me in this. Um, and then I would come back to work because that's what I was focused on at that stage. Um, and however you reach the stage that you've picked a door, you probably didn't pick that door on your own. You probably had people who've contributed. So maybe your family raised you saying, you have to succeed. And so you're going toward a succeeding door. Or maybe your friends have all said, have fun. So you're going for the fun door. Um, there's a lot of different things that drives our choices. After I'd been in graphic design for a while, I started shifting a bit more into advertising. And Advertising is really good at telling you which door you should pick. And it'll use lots of ways to help you choose to go out the door, whether it's playing on your pride, play, playing on your fear, playing on the world's desires, whatever. Advertising and all the other stuff the world uses means that the world's GPS is quite loud. 
it's very good at telling you there's a lot of really good-looking doors other than the door that leads to godliness. But the scripture passage we read speaks to some of this. Verses 7 and 8 said, For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. That's not the message that I was giving when I was in advertising. Having food and clothes was not enough. And if you had food, you had to go to Bennigan's restaurant to eat the best food because that was the best choice because that was my client. Um, But what's God's perspective on all this? God loves us. And he doesn't want us being hurt by taking dangerous and bad choices that are going to waste our lives They're going to hurt us and often will hurt the people around us. Reading a couple more verses, verses 17, 18, and 19. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides with us everything for our enjoyment interrupt now. This is a thought I had at this stage when I was doing the first service. It wasn't in my notes. It says God gives us everything for our enjoyment. It's not like God is saying, I want you to have a miserable life, live as a monk, and never eat meat ever again. You can't have chocolate, and you certainly can't talk during meals. God's not saying that. God wants us to be enjoying things. He just knows what are the good things that will be good for our enjoyment and not hurt us. Continuing verse 18, command them to be good, excuse me, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Well, I've said God's perspective. If you read the Bible, there's also Satan's perspective. The Bible makes it very clear it's not just one spiritual power in the world. It makes it very clear God is the spiritual power. There is no one who can fight against him and win, but there is Satan who is fighting against him. And Satan has a different perspective about where he wants us going. And because Satan has been around as long as there's been people, you are not the first person he is trying to tempt. He's had practice He's figured out all the different things that different people tend to be tempted by. And he's probably watched you a bit and found out the places where you're weak. So Satan's out there trying to make the road that's going to most tempt you look really good. And you know what? If you go down his road, he's going to lie about the results. He says if you go down the wealth road, you'll be safe because you can get everything you need to stay safe. You can pay to fix the house. You can get the insurance. It'll cover if you have a problem. You can, whatever you need, you'll be taken care of because you have enough money. And you know what? That's a lie. And he doesn't mind lying. In the end, if you go after the stuff Satan promises, all you end up with is disappointment and ultimately death. Reading verses 9 and 10. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap 
and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So it's about choice. We've got a bunch of choices. It's about looking at the choices, though, and making the right choice. And God, because he's wonderful and gracious, will let us make the choice we want to make. God will let you make good choices. God will let you make bad choices. But the cool thing is, he is there to help if we want, if we listen. The Holy Spirit, in a sense, is God's GPS. The Holy Spirit, if you will listen to him and learn to hear him, will help you choose the right doors at the right time. So, how do we set godliness as a goal? And why am I saying we should set godliness as a goal? Because I'm supposed to be talking about generous giving. And I'm talking about choices and godliness. Well, the reason I have is because, first off, godliness shows up a bunch of times in this passage. So, like in verse 6, it says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. But the main reason I'm saying it is because godliness is really simple. You look at the word godliness, godlikeness. Godliness is being like God. And when I look at God, I see a God that's generous. God doesn't just give sunshine on the nice days to the Christians. It's not like we have the sun shining in the window on us because we're good people and all the bad people out there, the drug dealers, there's one who lives in our car park most of the time. We know who he is. We recognize his car. It's not like he only gets clouds, right? When our gardens need rain, does God only send rain on the just and not on the unjust? The Bible even says God sends rain on the just and the unjust. God is generous. He gives to everybody whether they deserve it or not. God sent Jesus to earth knowing that mankind would not receive him. Mankind would not appreciate what Jesus had. God sent him anyway. So if God's generous, the easiest way for us to be generous is to be like God. Being godly allows us to be generous, to the stage that we can't, not that we can just give, but we can give with joy. Because if you pick any of these other choices, it's not about giving, it's about getting. I want to get rich. I want to get fit. I want to get good looking. I want to get the perfect family. Whatever it is, it's about getting. And all that stuff you get, you may get it for a little while, but it doesn't last. You may get the Ferrari, and as you're backing off the car park, run into the Skoda. You might get really fit, but then you have your first baby and put on a few pounds. It's going to happen to you, Michael. You're going to, you might get whatever. You know, you might get really, really smart and then get Alzheimer's and you lose it. That stuff doesn't last. But the stuff God has 
lasts. All of God's blessings are eternal. So, how are you feeling right now? Are you feeling, hmm, I've been going for being godly. I feel really good. Or are you thinking, well, I do that sometimes, but you know what? The rich door is pretty tempting. And I've been walking out the rich door a bit. That's between you and God. But I have great news. Even if there's something that God's kind of poking you with a little bit right now and going, you know what? You could be doing a little better. It's just like a GPS. You can always reset your destination. The thing I'm amazed with with my phone is that it doesn't, after about three times of my changing my mind and going down the wrong road, it doesn't start going, aren't you paying attention? I want to do a GPS and have it be like my mother. Don't you listen to me? I told you where to go. If you would just listen. Actually, I have a wonderful mother. I hope she doesn't listen to this recording.